for those of you who have shared your personal experience with mental health, did you receive an official diagnosis? And if so, how did that make you feel? Um, Or if not, how did that make you feel? So I actually have a few diagnoses. Um, When I was younger, uh, the first that I received was depression and anxiety. Um, And those symptoms kind of started first being prevalent to me when I was in middle school and dealing with things at school and also at home. And um, recently, and something that we talked about um, as we checked in about how we're doing, is um, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder when I was in high school due to a um, situation um, of physical harassment. And right after that happened, like the actual event, before I was diagnosed, I was afraid of the diagnosis that I was going to receive. I kind of had those feelings that uh, I think this might be PTSD, like I'm scared of certain areas, I'm having trouble sleeping, nightmares, things like that. Um, And then when I did actually like reach out um, to get help and like get diagnosed, the diagnosis was a little bit, it was like bittersweet. It was like, okay, I got a confirmation and that is more helpful for me. But then it's also scary because it's like, what do I do now? Um, And of course, a lot of stigma and things come with mental health challenges in general um, and how other people view you, which is something that we also talked about. Um, So with that being said, um, I have taken like medication and things like that and like done different types of therapy um to see what works for me and it it's all really depends on you and like what works for you of course um i recently graduated from dbt therapy which is dialectical behavioral therapy it's a little bit more intense than the regular um cbt which i can't remember what it stands for right now but Yeah, I'm no longer um, taking medications, um, which was one of my goals. So I'm glad about that. And of course, when you have mental health challenges, especially diagnosis, it's a never ending battle in a way. Like it's always there. Um, And of course, sometimes it's better and sometimes it's worse. Um, So, like, for example, last night I had nightmares that affected how I was feeling this morning. But like taking time and like steps for myself to make sure that I feel better. Um, Like tomorrow I'm going to take the day off of work because it's been a really busy week and I still have stuff to do next week. Um, And like taking breaks and things like that from responsibilities and um, being away from screen time and things like that is really helpful for me. So yeah, that's my experience. Um, and yeah, I thank you for having the space for me to be able to share that as well. Yeah. Thank you for being so open and honest. And I like that you talked about being able to kind of like identify when you need to take breaks and you're like self-aware enough to know, like, 
your body, <laughs> excuse me, and yourself. And, you know, when you need to take a step back and take care of yourself and really focus on you for a day. So I think that's really great or more than a day. We all need a couple of days off sometimes. <laughs> um, and Vivian, did you want to share? Like a bit. Um, I, although I do um, have a lot of troubles, I have not been diagnosed. However, um, for the, for the listeners out there, um, I cannot stress enough is that listen to your body, listen to your symptoms, listen to anything you need to, uh, be in tune with your body. And it, even if that means if that's simple as therapy and not taking a pill, because I know medication is not for everybody or going out for a walk or seeing friends. I know it's hard with COVID, but I know that you can at least sit six feet apart or whatever feels comfortable. It's very important to do so because with me, um, I try to like, I'll do my laundry and there's a park near my house and I'll go walk to the park and it's like sunny and it's like little things like that are so, so helpful. Um, you know, and it, it targets everybody. It doesn't discriminate. So I would just say really, really be in tune, talk to everyone in your circle. Um, there has to be one person you trust. And if you have to reach out for therapy, um, psychiatry, anything, um, is very, really important because everyone's important on this earth and we're all needed. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I also like that you touched on the fact that treatment and recovery look different for everyone because yeah, it's so different. Like medication could work for one person or therapy could work for one person or a combination of both could work for one person, or it could be, yeah, just focusing on self-care. It's, it's so different and it's such like a wide range of what recovery looks like, but um, it's kind of kind of like trial and error where you have to kind of play with what works for you and find what's, you know, best for your mental health. What would you suggest to others who would like help, but don't know where to start? Now we kind of touched on, um, like there are resources available, but are there specific actions that you think people should take? Um, you know, social media is great in the sense that everything that you can find is literally at your fingertips. Um, and so sometimes people are hesitant to ask for help because they're not familiar with certain channels or people that you should communicate to find that help. But social media almost provides this blanket where, you know, you can look up anything you like um, regarding to your mental health and you don't have to worry about being, you know, found out or seen. Um, and so I would just suggest to the listeners out there to just um I guess, do some research as to the organizations that are near you. Like even just a simple like lookup of mental health organizations. Um, most of them have some type of Instagram or Facebook or Twitter um, because they want to um, cater to the youth. So you, they use those social media channels to kind of promote their services. Um, so I would say that um, utilizing technology to their benefit is one way that could help. Awesome. Yeah. It's funny how, yeah, there are so many negatives to social media, but there are a lot of positives too. So I like that you pointed out the positives of that. And I'll piggyback off of that. Um, I was also thinking the same thing. Of course, the internet and social media has everything. Um, something that I did was like when I was kind of questioning, like, why do I feel this way? Or like, what are these feelings? I definitely searched up things on the internet. And another thing is like finding your community 
um, or a community for you. And that can be in person or online. Um, like something Sabrine mentioned about like Facebook and Instagram. Um, something that I talked about in a recent meeting uh, was that there's like Facebook groups um, on Facebook and there's um, the option to make it private or not. And they're talking about how that's important um, so that people who aren't very comfortable or aren't comfortable at all with um, people knowing about their mental health challenges or their diagnoses, um, they can join these groups and communities um, basically in secret or in private so they can have their support um, that they need, but other people in their life uh, won't find out about it. Um, so I thought that that was important and helpful. I didn't know about that. Um, and also, like we did mention the warm line. Um, that is a great resource as well. And like resources similar to it, like other warm lines or hotlines. Um, it's like that human connection that is really important. But also they do. Um, I'll speak for the warm line personally um at mhsf but we do give out um resources to people if they ask for it we have a long like database of different resources um and they go all across uh different areas so they're not just in san francisco so digging and doing a little bit um of that research and also just asking questions to yourself and people around you. That's really great advice. And I like that you touched on the importance of a support network, even if it at first starts with people who you don't even maybe know in real life. But like you said, with the Facebook groups, I didn't know those existed. So I think that could be a great, a great first step to see um, if you're kind of like what you're feeling matches what maybe someone else has gone through and they can kind of help guide you through that. Um, So as mental health advocates, as you all are, um, what do you think we can do as a whole to improve behavioral health among youth and young adults? I think main key is spread. It's just spread awareness, spread the word, um, any flyers, any types of resources. I think that's 100% key. And I wanted to speak about like, it's really hard when you don't know about it, but Googling it and stuff is also important. But then, you know, having it on billboards would be helpful, but that's a a different issue. Um, I think that I think just knowing is like the first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Education and awareness is so key. I would say, um, and like we've mentioned before, is to actually have those resources available for youth. Um, so something we mentioned was like that the Tay Action Team is specifically working on um, is the wellness center. Um, so we, our goal is to have a youth led and youth like targeted specific wellness center in San Francisco as its own thing, like not connected to a school system or anything like that. Um, because our group members personally have shared with each other that having that resource would have been really helpful in our mental health recovery. Um, So having those resources accessible to people and also like Vivian said, is having that awareness um, spread. So something 
that I didn't mention about MHASF is we do have a speakers bureau. Um, it's called Solve. And we also have a youth version for transitional age youth that's called YES. And they're acronyms um, that I won't share because I can't remember them. But they're speakers bureaus um, for people who have mental health challenges. They share their stories like about their lives um, and the challenges that they went through, the stigma that they experienced, and then how they got better or like where they're doing today. Um, so sharing those experiences are also really important to help eliminate that stigma. Um, Cause there's just something about humans, like knowing another human that has gone through something that just, it hits more personal and close to home. Um, so like meeting someone with mental health challenges or having a family member or whatever it may be, it really does open your mind to it. So having that awareness, I'd say. Definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah, those personal stories are, <clears throat> excuse me, so important and can definitely, like you said, connect you to that person and make you feel not so alone anymore. Um, so yeah, thank you for all those um, great ideas. Um, I'm curious because we all have mental wellness. We all have to maintain our mental wellness. How do each of you uh, maintain your mental wellness? For me, I do plenty of things. Um, I've tried journaling. I, I'm actually exercising right now. I haven't exercised since the summer. I guess it was the winter funk, maybe. I don't know. Other other stuff, other environmental stuff as well. Um, I like to play video games. Uh, I have a bike and a scooter that I need to start riding <laughs> um, to see people in my quarantine bubble is very helpful. I am so grateful to have some, not a lot. I know people don't have anybody or may not even have one person. And I think the main for me is getting sunlight, exercising, and like seeing someone in my quarantine bubble and just like do you want to go to the park with me? Um, I think the movies are opening up this sometime this year and I'm trying to go so fast because I'm a movie person <laughs> and I literally will sit in the movie theater by myself. Like, I don't care. Like it's self care and I'll do it. Um, and I, I am also looking forward to going out to eating, eating with friends and family. So those are my future plans and what I'm doing now for self care and self wellness. Um, I think for me, it's just forcing myself to get outside, even though I really don't feel like it, especially within San Francisco, where often it can be like really foggy um, and just gray. And so just making sure that if, you know, I take at least like a five minute walk around the block or run an errand, just giving me some excuse to um, just get outside. And I can't tell you how many times that I've just gone to a grocery store to get something that I didn't really need. But an excuse for me to leave the house um yeah I just feel like that is a huge part of me uh engaging in my own self-care and there are times where I don't feel like you know stepping outside and I just want to stay home and I tell myself okay you can stay home but you have to do something that's like not on your phone or stepping away from some sort of technology um so I really like gotten better at like cooking and baking <laughs> so just like upkeeping my domestic skills like now is like the perfect time to learn because before I was so busy and I would rely on like um to go stuff is there anything in particular that you've really enjoyed baking or cooking 
Um, yeah. So um, there's this famous bakery in New York. It's called Levine. I've never tried, but I've done. I recently found their copycat cookie recipe, and I submitted the recipe to work. And although they didn't taste it, they won just based on the presentation of the cookie and the picture I sent. And as a thank you, I like I sent some to my coworkers, and they really enjoyed it. And it's so it's just a fun and quite easy thing to make, like an hour of your time. Yeah, <laughs> sounds delicious. <laughs> I've definitely had those cookies before, and they're so good. So, yeah, it's a good good cookie recipe to have on hand whenever you need it. <laughs> How about you, Mimi? Yeah. Um. So, like I mentioned in the past, I some of my methods were like therapy um so since then my personal therapy is um also journaling uh specifically around my nightmares and like the content of them writing them down physically gets them out of my head so that's very helpful um for like ruminating and also just journaling in general um getting thoughts out onto paper is really helpful um for me and I'm also an artist, so I really enjoy creating things, and that's all different types of things. Um, but my favorite medium is to paint. I love to use colors and just the texture of different paint, like watercolor, acrylic, and oil. Um, it's really satisfying, like, for my senses. Um, and you also get to express yourself that way. And like Vivian and Zabrine, also getting outside. Um, when I can, um, and watching movies, um, I'm actually a big horror fan. Uh, so scary movies are my favorite and anything that has to do with scary. So I read a lot of books, specifically Stephen King. Um, he's one of my favorite authors. Um, so although that may sound strange, it's comforting for me, um, to watch scary movies when I'm like not feeling the best, Mm -hmm. I guess, because it gives me a different emotion than what I'm already feeling so it like distracts me in a way so I'm also looking forward to going back to the movie theaters and seeing something on the big screen nice (laughs) do you have a favorite horror film oh that's hard but um my favorite horror film is actually not considered horror which is strange um but it's gory enough for me. So um, it's the movie Seven with who's in it? Morgan Freeman. Brad I think, Pitt. And Brad Pitt, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a really referenced movie. Um, and it's about the seven deadly sins. I just find it really interesting and artistic in a way, the way that they do it. So, yeah. Cool. I'll have to check it out. I've honestly never heard of it, but... Oh, yeah, it sounds really interesting. Um, and I'm curious for those of you who, who journal, um, I know journaling is a great um, way to manage symptoms sometimes. Is there something that like helps you like get started journaling or could you give maybe some tips to people out there who are interested in starting to journal, but they're not sure what to do? Well, I don't journal that much. I've tried it. It's like, I don't know if it's my thing, but I feel like it's just getting the paper and the pen um or I mean you can I guess do it on your computer too and just write anything and everything you want like there's no prompts don't think don't overthink it um 
get your anger out, your sadness out, your happiness out, whatever emotion you're feeling. And, you, you know, you can throw it away. You can burn it um, or keep it and look it at look it look it over years later. Um, I think it's just getting the pen and paper because it's hard for me to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I do anxiety check-ins. Uh, I bought a book um, on eBay and I don't know the name of the book, but basically it's like you write the date and it's like how I'm feeling. And like after the end of the worksheet is like, you are like, you're like um, special or like you're lovable or something like that. I don't know. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like my life's not that bad. <laughs> you think about it. Um, but I think it's just, um, writing anything and everything you want as little, as long as you want. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's no like set rules to it. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. I even started like a notes app or using the notes app and starting to say like one thing each day I want to remember or one thing each day that I'm like grateful for. And I haven't done it in a while, but I should get back on that because it definitely helps like make you think about the day or just writing down anything I think is helpful. But if anyone else has tips, feel free to share. I think a lot of the time when people think of journaling, they assume that that means you have to write something. But um, I always tell um, people who have trouble journaling that it doesn't necessarily have to be words. It could literally just be like scribbles or drawings, you know, what's going on in your day. Like a really popular journal that I think even made it to like the New York Times bestseller list is Wreck Your Journal. And it's literally just a, a journal that tells you to rip this page throw around, punch it. And so, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's a more intense example, but I think, you know, when you journal, it doesn't, like Vivian was saying, you don't have to overthink it. It's literally just whatever, if you're feeling burnt out or stressed or angry, like that's the way that you can channel it and put it onto a piece of paper um, rather than um, internalizing it. As I think Mimi said mm-hmm. earlier. Awesome. Yeah. I never thought about just like scribbling before. But I think that's, yeah, that's really good advice. It doesn't have to be words. It can be anything. Cool. Thank you guys for your advice. Um, I'm curious what you think is something positive that can be found from having a mental illness, whether it's like your own personal experience, something that you found positive or what you've seen in someone else before. What are the positive sides of having a mental health issue? I would say the positives are that it my mental health challenges and just the experiences that I've gone through have really shaped who I am today and although like in the past I have had times where I think back on like challenges with my mental health or just certain hard like experiences that I had and I used to think like oh I wish I never went through that or I wish I didn't have this diagnosis or whatever it is but in reality, if I didn't go through that, um, I wouldn't be the same person. And I do love who I am. And um, although, you know, life is not easy at all. um, And it's a part of life. And it has taught me a lot about myself and the world in general, like how I feel about the world, um, what I want to do, like to contribute to the world. Um, So I would say that the struggles and challenges I've been through are my truth, and I always want to live my truth. So really embracing it and not being ashamed. um, And it also helps with that shame from other people. If you are proud and confident 
other people can't bring you down. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful. I like the fact they kind of, um, mentioned like owning it, like it, it's part of you. It doesn't define who you are, but it, it is part of your life. Um, I think, yeah. Um, seeing it as yeah, positive and having confidence about it and making sure, um, and surrounding yourself with, with good people who support you, um, on your journey, I think is really important. I think that from seeing my friends is that like people who go through mental health, I mean, we all do, it's just the, how many, like what level you are at is like, they're really smart people and you get to like learn something from them, like educate them, educate everybody and anyone on the diagnosis. And also too, like, I'm pretty sure they have a favorite subject. So go ask them for help and say, Hey, can you help me with the subject or, um, get to know them and teach me. And I think that would also bring us a lot closer. From what I've heard from others, it's just a newfound sense of community. Um, I know with the mental health challenge, it can come with a lot of adversity, but with, um, you know, each, whatever diagnosis that someone may be dealing with, there's always other people who are dealing with the exact same thing and are in similar situations. So that supportive, um, people or figures in their life, um, can be super helpful. And one positive of having a mental health challenge. Yeah. I think you guys are kind of the, the example of that with the Tay Action team and all the work that you're doing. It's, it sounds like a little community, which is really awesome. Um, so the last thing I just wanted to ask is to end on a positive note, um, just something that you're looking forward to in the future. I know Vivian, you kind of mentioned like once movie theaters open, you're excited to get back to the movies, but is there anything else you guys are each looking forward to in the future? Travel. I cannot wait to jump on a plane and just <laughs> area. Doesn't matter where. <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> I, and I don't even like being on planes that much, but just going on one and traveling is something that I I'm looking forward to in the future hopefully if you had to pick one place though where would it be oh that's good I would probably go to um I'd probably go to Turkey I've seen a lot of like influencers go to Turkey and it looks super nice from their photos so and there's a lot of history and culture behind behind Turkey awesome I also look forward to being able to do things in person again um, I, w- before this, I was really not a, what they call a homebody. I don't like being at home. I was always out, um, and about, so this was super hard to just one day you can't go outside anymore or you shouldn't like, it's not good. Um, and one of the biggest things actually, um, I had a concert planned to see my favorite band since I was little, which is Tool. Um, been waiting 13 years for a new album and for them to go on tour and I had tickets and then COVID happened and took it away. So I'm really sad. Um, and I'm looking forward to concerts and things like that again. Um, and also sharing my experiences through art, um, like my experience with mental health and being able to, um, like have that community of artists and meet other artists. I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, they're all so great. I'm so grateful that you all decided to come on the podcast and share a bit about the Tay Action Team and the Mental Health Association of San Francisco. Um, before you leave, I know you kind of mentioned before where people can go if they're interested in joining um, the Tay Action Team, but if they're interested in learning more about you personally, if you want to share like an Instagram handle or 
um, if you're open to that. And then if there's anything else that you want to share about um, MHASF, feel free to do that now. So uh, my Instagram is the, with two E's, T-H-E-E, Mad Paintress, all together as one. The Mad Paintress. And that actually has to do with mental health um, because there's this movement that's called Mad Pride. Um, Similar to like the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland, um, the word mad was a negative term used towards people with mental health. And um, in recent years, um, the Mad Pride movement came about so that people with mental health challenges um, had that sense of community and have that pride about their challenges instead of um, being ashamed by it um, or ostracized or stigmatized or anything. Um, So that is why I have that in there. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you spending your time with me um, and sharing um, some intimate details and just sharing about the amazing work that you guys are doing. Uh, So I hope we can chat again soon and I look forward to working with you guys on promoting all of your efforts. So um, I will talk to you later. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you. This has been fun. Awesome. Bye. Bye. The To Be Honest campaign was created by Momentum for Health and is sponsored by District 4 Inventory Funds, thanks to Supervisor Susan Ellenberg and Republic Urban Properties. This episode was hosted and edited by me, Avery Cruz, as well as edited by Peyton Delahaye. Music for the episode was made by Julia Steele. Thank you so much for tuning in as we continue to share stories of youth and young adults throughout the Bay Area who have personal experience with behavioral health issues. If you have a personal story or experience you'd like to share on the podcast, please email us at tbh.today at gmail.com. To learn more about the To Be Honest campaign and the podcast, we encourage you to visit our website, www.tobehonest.today, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at tobehonest.today. All this information is also in the show notes, so we look forward to hearing from you soon. Bye!